What's up, everybody, and welcome to Gaming History 101, the Retro Video Games Podcast. I'm one of your hosts. My name is Fred Rojas, and joining me today from Transylvania is none other than Mr. Jam Elias. What's going on, sir? That seems strangely appropriate for this episode, Transylvania. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, we're going we're gonna to dance around it, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's not like you're in, you know, like a Castlevania or anything. You're, you're in Transylvania, so it's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah what's, anyway, what's up, Fred? It's great to be here again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, uh, uh, not much. I'm just hanging out. Um, I think I owe my liver, um, you know, some flowers or something after this recent <laughs> week. A uh, bunch of people were graduating in my life. You know, graduation's all the rage in America because we're all happy of our education we can't use. And um, <laughs> so there was a Similar over here. Really? <laughs> so, yeah. I always feel like British people just like graduate from because you don't graduate from college. You guys graduate from university. University. Yes. yes. <laughs> and then and you guys only take like two years to do it. And then you just like walk into like amazing jobs. Like every British oh. co-host I've ever had has just Hell like no. walked into a perfect job. <laughs> Uh, not not entirely true. Well, I mean, apart from me, I mean, I just walk into every job, right? That's just it. <laughs> you son of a I spent, bitch. I, I spent four years at university. First, so. Well, there you go. Um, well, see, you did it wrong, and that's why you didn't yeah, walk no. right into a job. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, it took four years to walk into a job, not two. So see, there you go. Um, <laughs> hell, what do you know? I mean, uh, if I'm lucky, starting uh, next week, I'll actually have a, a, a real big boy job. Who knows? <laughs> Uh, oh, but I did finally find myself – I laughed at myself this week because somebody asked me, they're like, how do you get into what you get into? And I was like, well, it's really complicated, and I don't think anyone could take my track you know, and actually make it work today. And I was like, oh, fuck. I just became everybody I hate because <laughs> <laughs> I hate that oh, answer, it's- and it's totally true. It's, uh, so my recommendation to you is just to get a job doing something that's new. <laughs> yep. Forget being good at it. That, that comes with the program. They're not going to fire you because you're the only, only one who knows how to do it. So anyway, all right. So tonight's topic is going to be uh, Metroidvanias, yes, and specifically because we're going to talk about Metroidvanias a little bit, but specifically it's kind of the theme that's going to tether the previous Castlevania episode I did with Alan Phoenix um, that's about uh, um, uh, the Castlevania games. We managed to get through Castlevania 1 all the way to Rondo of Blood. And we cut it early because we figured if we tried to burn through Symphony of the Night in 10 minutes, you guys would all kill us. And you would be justified oh, in doing so. If you live in Transylvania, are you called a tranny? I don't know. But if you are, don't get near Jefferson. You'll get punched in the throat. Anyway, uh, that's an old actually, all games joke. I've actually been to Transylvania. Have you? Oh, yeah. You I, I have, Europeans yeah. can just jump on trains and go anywhere you want. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's it's actually no, it's uh, the people there. Um, it's funny if you ever if you ever go there because it's in Romania, obviously. And if you actually go there um, and obviously joke about the whole sort of Dracula thing, people just kind of look at you weirdly and think, "What are <laughs> <laughs> you talking about?" But then if you've mentioned yeah. Vlad the Impaler, then they go like, "Oh yeah, that guy." Like, 
<laughs> There's a fantastic Guar yeah. song called Vlad the Impaler. So um, I actually played it as a pre-show to our uh, uh, the 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 episode where I uh, gave a you know uh, an R.I.P. to Otis Among Us, who unfortunately passed away a couple months back uh, at the tender age of like 51 or something. But anyway. Um, I'm wondering if people are responding <laughs> to my, uh, VGO joke. Uh, uh, I hope some people catch that, uh, that, that became the most controversial topic on all games for like six months straight <laughs> and now it's retro so we can bring it up on the show. <laughs> anyway, That's um, how long it takes to get retro. <laughs> yeah, well these days, shit, I say one week, uh, but <laughs> anyway, so today's topic is knack. Um, no, um, <laughs> But, uh, I thought it was a new Wolfenstein game. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, that's, we were talking about that before the show. Believe it or not, Wolfenstein, they didn't give me, um, they didn't give me a review copy of Wolfenstein. Um, and I don't, I can't after this week's B team, uh, in good faith, like buy it right out of the gate. You know, I just can't. So we'll see. I will definitely own that by this summer, but by this summer on PC, it'll probably be like 15 bucks. So. Mm. Anyway, um, so Jam, anything you want to talk about before we jump into the news? Uh, no, not much stuff this week. It's been, it's been really warm over here in the UK, which is, makes a change. From yeah, as I put on ECMU, <laughs> it's been hot as balls here, so. <laughs> yeah. I went home and I, I saw our neighbors had their windows open and the air conditioning wasn't on and I, I, I said to Julie, I was like, so, uh. I don't think anyone's home there. And she goes, I don't know. I think I've seen the white dog in the window. And I was like, well, if they have a, their white dog in their house, it ain't alive anymore. It's like 85 out. <laughs> like, it's got to be in the 90s in that house. That's not an appropriate. 88 outside right now. So in a house, it's probably like 95. That's ridiculous to have a, <laughs> a dog in there. But <laughs> anyway, um, cool, man. Well, uh, as I talked about last episode... I'll just talk about it again this week. Uh, I've been doing a new show, Pixelated Pints. Uh, you guys can check it out. <laughs> yeah, we've got all the stuff up and running. Um, and uh, this that show will get a little crazier once Hefe starts drinking. I think he's he's trying to get back in the swing of uh, podcasting, and he's on some crazy diet for a couple weeks. So he wants to uh, he wants to lean down for summer, and then he's going to start drinking. Uh, I think on the E three show, but that that show's oh, going to oh. go up to eleven when that happens. Yeah. Uh, that's him <laughs> sober, guys. Uh, <laughs> but especially uh, you have great ideas like cum dumpster. <laughs> oh yes, that's the show of the week. Everyone, you either love or hate that. Because uh, <laughs> uh, I get I get very mixed reviews, so we've decided not to care. Um, but uh, but yeah, so so I've been doing that. I'm not going to pimp it too much. Uh, on Gaming History 101, but if you want to check it out, a lot of people, you know, have often said, why aren't you doing Gaming History X's? I loved when you talked about modern day stuff. Well, guess what? There's a new show that is just that. All we do is bounce back and forth talking about modern day stuff. So, um, you can hear us talk about all kinds of, of fun things like, uh, my MSX boned. Um, <laughs> but, uh, anyway, uh, yeah. So, uh, real quick. So that voicemail that I want to play a long time yeah. ago. I finally got to work. Watch it not work on the show. But anyway, we're going to try this. So mute your mics and let's see if we can get this. Here we go. One, two, three. Damn it. One sec. One sec. It's coming. It's coming. 
I got the tension. I, I know why. Jesus, this is great radio. Okay, one, two, and three. Gang is straight one oh one. I want to be the bullet that brings the truth on me. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> so if you guys don't listen, uh, that's actually somebody, uh, <laughs> that's actually somebody, um, doing the, uh, Gaming History 101 intro followed by the, uh, the theme song for Knuckleballer Radio. So, uh, I still don't know who you are, but probably yeah. because I haven't had the decency to play your voicemail. And so now three months later, you're not gonna, uh, you know, run uh, cascading into my arms, but, uh, thank you for that. That was a fantastic yeah. mashup. And uh, uh, I promise you, we will play every voicemail, even the broken ones, because I keep trying, damn it. <laughs> and, and Fred will play them in three weeks' time. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, and I think we did get a, uh email, so let me pull this up real quick. Here we go. Yeah, I think that's, that's that. Um also, and so, uh, Drew, I haven't gotten a chance to get back to you, but our, our Drew guy that, uh, that writes, uh, he wrote the, the Donkey Kong one and the, the history of amusement games. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, um, he actually has somebody who he thinks would be another great written contributor. So, um, mm-hmm. I'm going to be reading some of his samples and stuff like that. But, Drew, I will be in contact, uh, this week and we'll, we'll get that set up. So, um, but yeah, we did get in. It was clone. Clone episode was last week, right? The clone systems? Yeah. Well, I don't know why it feels like a long time ago. <laughs> anyway. Um, that was a week ago, that one. <laughs> yeah. So, yes, this this message came in right after that. This is from Matan. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matan is definitely who's responsible for uh, that. Uh, a couple of our, our things, including the last best, the first extra credit we did. And he said, uh, love the clones show. He said, thanks. That show was so great. And I just had to share, as I told you here, most of us grew up with clones. And the funny thing is, Jonathan Cohen is an Israeli and his uncle is one of the biggest clones importers here. I knew the name rang a bell when I, uh, when I heard it. And fair enough, I'm 90% sure that Yafet Cohen is his uncle because at the time it was known that he wanted to go to America and make it big. Anyway, he held most of the market here. It wasn't really a, it wasn't really legal, but no one gives a damn since the market here is so small. Uh, I was wondering, are you going to do a show about unlicensed games? You mentioned them briefly on the show, and it sounds interesting. I also think maybe you should do a show about highly anticipated games that never came out or came out so late no one cared. As far as the so late no one cared, he's probably not thinking of this, but maybe it just speaks to my coverage on the extra credit. Technically speaking, that's what that extra credit was. Um, but uh, but uh, as far as unlicensed and canceled games... I think that would be a great show topic. So yeah, um, we'll do it sometime in June. Uh, mm. But uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. What do you think, Jam? We should do a show about uh, canceled games, and you and I can just kind of grab a, a huge laundry list of canceled games. And uh, I was going to say, there's so many. <laughs> yeah, and I think we should do it. Um, I think it's going to be somewhat similar to what we'll do today once we uh, get done with the, the 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 main Castlevania games, which actually probably won't take that long. Um, we'll other yeah. than symphony, um, but we'll see. <laughs> um, is when we start ping, we can start just ping ponging ideas, and I think maybe we should do that with the unlicensed and canceled games. We just do a mad rush for our favorite mm. ones, and we just 
make a Google Doc where we just kind of splat up there when we pick one. So it's like, you know, oh, I got, you know, Tattoo Assassins, damn it, you know. And we'll just do that, <laughs> and you can just call your one, and then we'll, we'll comment on them. So we'll get something like that, Matan, and it will be also unlicensed games. I've talked a lot about Nintendo unlicensed games, but there was more than just that, so... Mm. But, uh, yeah, so thank you very much, Matan. If you want to send us an email, or a, uh, you can just go to GamingHistory101.com uh, and then click on the contact link on the right toolbar or GamingHistory101.com forward slash contact. If you want to leave a voicemail or text message, it's 803-816-1101. And, of course, the Twitter, at SpidersVenom, or, uh, which is S-P-Y-D-E-R-S-V-E-N-O-M, or at Jamalias, J-A-M-A-L-A-I-S. Got it. Yep. <laughs> Boom. Done. And, of course, uh, we should point out that one of the best ways to get your stuff on on the air, although I don't think I'm going to speak to anything that's in the chat right now, <laughs> is to come to All Games every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern, where we are live. You do not have to sign up for anything. You just tell what you want your handle to be. You press listen in the upper right, and boom, here we come. So, anyway, all right, Mr. Newsman, can you put on your news cap and get us started with the news of the week. Well, I think the most important one, which is the, <laughs> well, basically, I put all, from that, from this point forward, I think I'm going to post pretty much every news article on the Facebook feed for Game History 101 if anyone's interested in going over there. Uh, just if you want to read a bit more into these articles. But the first one is, um, Night Trap Creator planning on the re-release on current platforms. Yes, I saw this and got really <laughs> excited because he says he can do DVD-like compression because I think it was, uh, recorded on, uh, Betamax. Mm. Which can get close to DVD, so. I just think I'm just curious to how that's going to work out because I mean, well, obviously, from anyone that listened to our VHS episode or VHS consoles, mm-hmm. um, you know, Night Trap was kind of created on pretty old tech, so yeah. <laughs> Again, he can, he can, well, he's going to remaster all the, the UI stuff, which isn't the biggest part of it. And now I'm guessing there won't be any load times when you, uh, you know, when you, <laughs> jam scoops, mm. uh, when you, uh, <laughs> when you, uh, you know, switch between the video feeds, which was always the biggest complaint, no matter which one it was. 3DO, you know, which is what I recorded my playthrough off of, that had the, the quickest speeds because it was a two times CD ROM. But at the end of the day, you were switching random streams that were all, um, based off of kind of real estate or addresses on the disc. And so that took some time. That's why whenever, uh, if you were looking for augs in Night Trap on the Sega CD, you would just switch rooms until it took a moment to, uh, to load the video and you're like oh someone's in here someone's doing something in this room uh <laughs> and uh usually it was an aug if it took more than a second because it had to also load in the trap stuff so mm. anyway um i think it'll be interesting uh i don't mm. think it'll sell well at all unless he's no. realistic <laughs> yeah and and if you look he said yeah i'd love to do it but a yeah. lot of these journos that are writing like he promises it will come or something it's like <laughs> No, he owns the rights so he can do it, but someone has to pay for it. And I don't know if you were paying attention during the VHS episode, but these guys don't do anything unless somebody else is paying for it. Yeah, pretty much. So, <laughs> especially the, the, the Tom Zito guys. So, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The only thing that interests me, so if this, say for example, this did come to like Xbox Live Arcade, my curiosity would be how are they going to rate this game considering all the con- controversy back in, E. Back on the release before. I mean, are <laughs> they still going to have that same opinion? To be e. uh, it was <laughs> technically rated with an M. Um, 
But I think they can re-rate it, right? I'm trying to remember if they re-rated Mortal Kombat. Oh, that's what they can do. I'm sorry. They can change the name. So it could be called Night Uh. Trap Remastered or Night Trap HD. And immediately um, they get to make a distinction as to whether or not it counts as a new title or it tethers the, uh, the old title. Um, but if they make enough tweaks, I think they have to re-rate it. But then again, they could say the content is completely unchanged. So I really think the ESRB will work with them. Um, I think it would be fantastic if they kept the, the, the M on there. Um, and I really have a hard time seeing that garnering the sales, right? Cause I'm pretty sure anybody who can get an M rated or anybody who wants a night trap can get an M rated game or knows a way. Uh, TC is saying, why don't they just com- do a complete remake of Night Trap with new actors, better gameplay, and video? <laughs> oh <my> Bullshit. <laughs> no Dana Plato, no way. And I don't think they're going to spend Michael Jackson hologram money to recreate that girl. Um, no. And by the way... Oh, yeah. What? You just imagine the money. That's even more money that I should spend. Yeah. At Night Crap 2, the poopening. <laughs> that was actually oh, uh, Dana Plato's porn. Um which, by the way, if anybody has found a copy of Different Strokes, let me know. The porn, not the TV show. Um, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> that's that a, that's a pixelated pints joke. Uh, <laughs> but anyway. Shameless plug um, there. <laughs> it won't be HD video. It will be clearly like... Um, you know what it'll look like? It'll look... Because they did this, actually, Jam. If you're wondering what it will actually look like, they did this with Mad Dog McCree on the Wii. Mm-hmm. And the results yeah. were pretty good. So if you guys have ever seen this, or more than likely none of you have, so maybe <laughs> I should do a terrible game capture of it because I do have it. Um, yeah. But it's going to get lost in translation because I've got loss of uh, you know picture quality too when I compress it. But anyway, I'm sure somebody did like an emulated version of Mad Dog McCree that's from the Wii that's on you know whatever uh, YouTube. If you go look that up, you can see how good it will look. It won't look fantastic, but it'll definitely look... I can't stress this enough, and Jam's recently played Night Trap on the Sega CD. What you are imagining that looks like in your head is nowhere near as terrible as it is in your head. This is a video feed that is doing a compression of, like, like what is literally an animated GIF today (laughs) with less colors. It's only got, like, 256 colors. It it is very terrible. (laughs) So. But it's on the Sega CD, so um, so it's awesome. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> uh, but uh, anyway, um, yes, that is fantastic news. Now I just say I'd like to see it happen. Although I oh, bet yeah. that port wouldn't be that expensive. Yeah, but it's like you said, it's, it's, it's still money though, isn't it? And and plus, what would it be released on? Wii U? <laughs> Steam, baby. Oh, really funny, Steam, wouldn't it? Steam, baby. <laughs> <laughs> the Jaguar collection. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> you couldn't charge 60 for the whole collection, Fortingard. You know that, right? <laughs> no one will pay it. Even if it was every game that was on the jet. Actually, I take that back. Because you know they're not going to allow the the actual game some people would play. Like Cannon Fodder, Syndicate, Dude. those like PC ports. They'll never allow those. Um, but anyway. <laughs> Shot on <laughs> Shidio. <laughs> there you go. I oblige, and TC obliges with the link. If you weren't watching live, oh, did you miss out? <laughs> anyway, um, all right. 
Uh, next story. Right, well, let's just try to get out of here then. Oh, no, that's the wrong one. <laughs> Scott just got the night trap on us again. Uh, hold on. Just going back into the feed here. You're good. Blech. You're good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. We <laughs> the... Oh, this is if I just gone back into it again. No, no, okay, no, no, this is the right one. Is the, the, um, so, um, all the things that people do with Oculus Rift, obviously, these days, um, they've come up with a Game Boy emulator, but it's not entirely what people thought for a, for a Game Boy emulator. It's literally, uh, yeah. um, have you seen it, Fred? It's, um, it's literally a guy or whoever your character is holding an actual Game Boy playing the games on the Game Boy. Which is exactly what it's supposed to be. I don't know (laughs) what you guys are talking about. Anyone who says this is the wrong way to do it is not thinking, uh, as Doc Brown would say, fourth dimensionally. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, Yeah, no, that's fantastic. Uh, Because I was saying, why wouldn't they do Virtual Boy? And then when they said that, that, you ready for the mind fuck? Yeah, you put on the Virtual Boy helmet and then you play Virtual Boy in the Oculus. And then you can take it off and play. They can literally turn this Game Boy thing into an entire pocket, you know, emulator for like every mm. system. That's fantastic. <laughs> so coming next is the um, the NES emulator where you have to turn it on with your hand. No, no, that'd be, that'd be too easy. No, it's the Neo Geo <laughs> Pocket and the Wonder Swan. That's what I'm looking forward to. Or no, the best one is the Game Gear. You get to play it for 30 minutes and then the program shuts oh, the system off until you go get more batteries. <laughs> You actually have to do that in the game. And then so. there's a Lynx, but every time you try to turn it on, it doesn't work. So eventually your guy gets frustrated and just throws. <laughs> uh, oh, uh, yeah. Actually, uh, Tim Curtis is talking about how Tedekin's having trouble with Wolfenstein uh, on how to fire under the door. Apparently, that is, like, the most frustrating part of that demo. I'm guessing he's playing... Uh, and how dare Tedekin play a fucking stream during my show? <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. no, um, I'm guessing he's playing either the demo or he actually had the guts or balls to buy or rent that. Um, renting it, not so much, but buying it, I hope he didn't. Well, maybe it's a lot of fun. I don't know. I've heard very positive things, but not in a critical view. But maybe that doesn't matter anymore. I don't know. What do you think? Real quick, not to get too modern day, but like, like I liked Duke Nukem. I thought it was batshit insane, and a lot of people said it wasn't a good game, but I liked it. And I, I, I similarly liked uh, Rise of the Triad, the new one. Mm. Which, that's an id property that I totally gave a thumbs up to. I reviewed that very positively on Gaming History 101. Mm. I cannot believe id took back. They gave me that one, and then they took back the other one. Sons of bitches. <laughs> well, I, I played the um, Wolfenstein um, demo at Eurogamer last year. Um, yeah. And I remember, yeah, I, I already enjoyed it. I'll probably, will, like, I'm not going to pick up the game straight away. It'll be, because I'm, I'm confident this is going to go down in price very quickly. Um, when everyone good, well, finds geez. out Doom 4 is like six years away. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but no, no, I think, I think, I, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm with you as well, Fred. The, I, I like Rise of the Trap, the, we, the remastered edition or whatever it was called. Yeah, um, I was looking on Steam. I beat that game. Mm-hmm. And I have 29 hours logged in that. When was the last time you put 29 hours into a first-person shooter? And I was not good at that game. Mm. But I, you know what? That kind of aggression and persistence, you want to talk about the dark souls of fucking shooters. I almost wonder if I said that in my review. But uh, it's on the site. You guys can check it out. But, again, it's, it's brutal, but it's awesome. Mm. So, uh, anyway... 
What is this that Warham put? Take your pants off, show up <laughs> your bottom, I... get poo-poo and pee-pee out, and all of go away. Fantastic. Thank you, uh, Warham. Great, great, great English. <laughs> and now you know how to crap. Uh, anyway, <laughs> um, any other news stories? Well, the only other one probably worth mentioning, there were, like I said, um, we put all the news stories up on the Facebook feed, um, is the Nintendo um, allowing you to purchase um, old manuals off their website. Although they've um, done this in the past. Yeah. But that, I don't think, according to sort of these news reports, they're not actually the original manuals. They're kind of like reprints or something. They, um, they're, they're literally like Xeroxed copies. Like they have yeah. an old version of the actual manual and they just have one intern or something that goes over and like literally puts it in a, in a Rico, you know, and copies it. It's fantastic. In fact, they shouldn't change that. I think they should absolutely continue doing it that way because damn it, that's how we did it at video stores. Exactly. It's fantastic. Are I, they charging what? 99, 69 pence, 99 not cents? Not much for it. It's like, yeah, a couple of dollars for it. Oh, fuck, a couple of dollars. Jesus. <laughs> I, know, yeah. I don't know about all that noise. Uh, I'm just amazed that Nintendo's doing this because, you know, you know we're, it's because of Nintendo. Yeah, sure. You know, they could email you a PDF, but why would you do some crazy shit like that? Why not mail someone through snail mail a Xerox copy of a manual? I love that company. Don't ever change. Wada needs to remain there forever. I fucking Absolutely. love Nintendo. They they understand how to kick it old school. Mm. I'd literally keep it old school. One sounds bit. Shit. So, <laughs> all right. Well, I guess without further ado, mm-hmm. I guess it's time to uh, do the damn thing and talk about Metroidvania's, aka the continuation with Symphony of the Night. But uh, anyway, do you want to start? I mean, I guess we kind of talked about this. I kind of introed um, a Metroidvania, and then you have this one here, which is this guy's um definition this guy seems to have adjusted it a little bit for mm. um more modern stuff actually i don't know you want to you want to talk about y- your version or this guy's version whichever you'd prefer of a metroidvania what that means to you well well, <laughs> well I, I i don't really have a definition i guess if i was gonna go jams random quick off the top of his head metroid style game it's, yes. it's usually a 2d action platformer um, that is one level only. You know, you have access to the entire map from the beginning. Well, and you have to to gain access to the map. You have to unlock like abilities or powers, or you know, um, which you, you gain throughout the game. Um, yeah, there's occasionally like a boss battle or something like that. And um, occasionally, I mean, if we're talking about the Castlevania games, it can have RPG elements as well, where you can level up and stuff. Um, but yeah, but it's, it's a lot of it is mostly exploration, so like backtracking and that sort of thing. Yes, yes, definitely. Um, and uh, I actually, I couldn't agree with you more. Like, I've kind of <laughs> talked about that. You know, I mean, Metroid was supposed to be one solitary planet, and so they found a way to map out that whole game in kind of like a rubric. Um, now, granted, I understand the the alternative Casteroid, or Castleroid, which sounds like something you get when you eat a lot of spicy food and can't wipe your ass correctly, like... Um, I've got a castle roid, uh, but, uh, (laughs) yeah, right. Um, but, uh, and, and obviously, um, the developer, the writer of, uh, Symphony of the Night, which technically speaking is the first of the, these, uh, Metroidvanias, um, 
Koji Igarashi, Iga for short, uh, has stated that actually he got the idea from Zelda. Now, to a certain Mm. extent, I can understand where he's coming from, but especially with the Metroid games, and I do mean every 2D Metroid game, other than Other M, apparently it does follow that rule set, but I've not played it, so I can't speak to it. Um, Mm. I have a hard time with that. Um, More importantly, this guy, by the way, we're using VG Museum's list. Um, There are a couple of them, and you probably see them here, Jam. Um, Stuff like... uh, the Goonies 2, um, or mm-hmm. Rambo, Fizanadu, <laughs> many of you know it as Faxanadu, even Kid Icarus to a certain extent, and, and, and uh, um, you know, it's not on here, I don't think, but Wizards and Warriors definitely fits this, and then of course, moving I think on. that is on there, it's on the light, it's a bit further down. Gotcha. Um, hold on. Maybe it's under it, Iron Sword. There's, there's so many listed here, it's like... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then, of course, moving on, the Wonder Boy series continues this trend and... and, and oh, and yeah. Upward, yeah. Which, you know, I've never played any of those. Really? Isn't that terrible? Oh, there's a game club. Yeah, I know, right? We should do uh, Monster World 4 as a game club, and then I should just yeah, play the old ones. One. Are those long games? No, those are those are easy ones. If you That's want, to, if you want to say, yeah, if you want to, if you want a, a, a manageable game club, <laughs> do you want to one of those? So. No, well, I mean, Wonder or Monster World Four is the one I want to do as a game club because they've got a bunch of re-releases of it, and it was never in our country. But you know, Wonder mm. Boy Three and Wonder Boy and Monster World and all that stuff kind of lead into it. Mm. And I've got yeah, all they, of those. Well, so yeah, I've got that. I've got all of them too. I've got. There's also you can get the collection on um, PlayStation Network and Xbox Live, and possibly the Virtual Console. I'm not like entirely I said, sure. I got all those. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> for that <laughs> reason. <laughs> uh, although I do have Wonder Boy and Monster World and Wonder Boy Three. Um, Wonder Boy Three on the Master System and Wonder Boy and Monster World on the mm. Genesis because it just sells so cheap. Like people don't yeah, want yeah. that game because they don't know what it is. Um, which is a shame. It's a very underrated game, actually. Um, well, Dragon's Trap, with the which is the Master System one, is very, is very much um, considered probably the best in the series. Um, although I haven't actually finished that one yet, but I finished all the others. Um, yeah. Oh, sorry. I was laughing when uh, Fort yeah. Fort was talking about going to Colostomovania to get rid of your Castle Roid. It's fantastic. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, like I said, um, those will be at a different time, but they all kind of follow this same system. And Zelda mm. 2, you know, I think is the one that he's probably talking about most that follows this. Because mm. if you haven't played it, Fazanadu is literally like, uh, uh, you know, like Zelda 2 made by a different developer. Made by the, the Xanadu guys who made, uh, uh, I think they did Wizardry. I could be wrong. But anyway... <laughs> Is it Fazanadu or do you actually say Faxanadu? Which is the way. Well, the reason you pronounce it Fazanadu is because it's part of the Xanadu series. Ah, uh, there you That's go. That's why. Z A N A D U is Xanadu, actually, or Xanadu. And this is from that. Mm. But if you're American, you've never seen any of the Xanadu games. So you say Faxanadu because it starts with F A X. And there's only one way to pronounce that in English, which is Faxanadu. So, um,. People will probably cite, and so here's me being the responsible historian, that it was referred to in, I believe, episode 14 of season one of Captain and the Game Master when they go to that world. It is pronounced Faxanadu throughout the entire episode, and they are in Faxanadu world. So I could totally see that justification. Um, Jeremy Parrish is the one who got me on the topic of Fazanadu, but he is the one who connected the dots and said, it's from Zanadu. Yeah, 
mm-hmm. as, as Fortingard saying, it's not his fault. He doesn't get to respond as quick because he doesn't get to hear it when it's actually happening. He's on like a 48 second delay. <laughs> but uh, anyway, um, but I don't think those, and you tell me, have you played through either Faxanadu or um, Goonies 2 or Rambo or <laughs> any of these games? Played the Goonies 2. But um, okay. again, I've, I've, probably, I've played Facts and I do, but I've only sort of been sort of brief bursts, like on demo units and stuff. Um, not really, not demo shit. units. Um, no, yeah, no, I know. I know it's so hard. <laughs> so, it's yeah. just so but, fucking hard. Um, I guess Zillion's part of that. I've heard of Zillion. I yeah. own a copy of Zillion because it came with my master system, but I've never popped it in. Oh, yeah. You're in for a treat yeah, there. Yeah. That's, like, that's okay. quite a good one. Maybe I'll do it's, it for um, like uh, Retro Game Night, which actually, sorry to be all over the place tonight. I'm very scattered, right. but uh, I forgot to do a Retro Game Night because I tried to do Harvester, and because it uses DOSBox, Shadow Play oh, on man. my graphics card doesn't like it. So oh, uh, I just didn't have an episode this week. I'm sorry, guys. So maybe I'll do a two for this coming up weekend. If we could more FMV magic. <laughs> yeah, I'm, people are like, you know what? Go back to the Sega CD, but just play yeah. FMV games. So maybe I'll just <laughs> knock them all out just because. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, again, I, I don't view these the same way, much like Zelda 2, because those are more linear. Mm. Yes. And, uh, they are, yeah. So. When you beat Rambo, you shoot Chinese letter, letters and the dude turns into a frog. That is totally true. And he goes, because Nom. <laughs> uh, that is totally true. That was always my favorite part of beating Rambo. And Rambo is balls hard, too. Um, you spent all this time trying to... Imagine trying to beat Zelda with no con- Zelda 2 with no continue. That's kind of what beating <laughs> Rambo is like. Um, but uh, anyway, um, I feel that all those games are a little more linear. Like, even Zelda. Zelda has tiered... Mm. Um, tiered castles you can't get to until you get certain items which kind of falls into the metroidvania pantheon but it's like an overworld map and and fizanadu is very i'm sorry i'm gonna go back and forth with those i can't <laughs> not do it anymore um faxanadu is a lot like that and uh and and i think to a certain extent goonies too is too and i think the reason why is because they have changing perspectives whereas yeah. metroid and castlevania alike once it goes into this format do not they stay in the same format and the rules remain the same technically if you find a way to break the game you can access it right away i would argue that is not true of zelda of you know things like that like imagine is there a game shark code that can get you through the boulder in zelda 2 or that can get you through the stone wall in goonies 2 if you if you just put in like a game shark code no but if you put in for symphony of the night high jump that changes that game significantly and you can break it in so many different ways. Mm. Same can be said for Metroid. Imagine if you had the high jump right away in Metroid, the high boots, you know? So I don't know your thoughts. Oh yeah. Well, yeah, no, I, well, the, some of the games that we kind of just listed as well. I mean, I guess it's, um, what, what they've kind of gone for here in this list is games that maybe kind of a similar in the sort of the metroid oh, rainy I'm style that now i'm sorry i didn't notice that these were all subjugated they're all broken <laughs> yeah. down based off of certain scenarios aha there you go <laughs> and that's where zelda 2 is hanging out makes sense makes sense <laughs> clash at demon head such a good game if you haven't played that you should buy a nintendo right now to play that um, i'm not sure if it's released in power region so, well, I'll I just oh, have to get no. an NTSC Come one. Come on. Did you guys get uh did you guys get Scott Pilgrim over there? 
Yeah, yeah, got that. <laughs> I, I know, I know where if the, they're going to uh, call the, the band's <laughs> Clash of Demon Head without <laughs> regionalizing it. They sure as hell better hope that you guys can get it. Yeah. Come on, Nintendo, get with that virtual console shit right now. Uh, but uh, anyway, um, yeah. Again, these these are all very interesting old school games. I guess I would say. Um, I don't know. Is there anything you want to say about the old ones before we just really kind of rock into uh, Symphony and kind of its lead up? Well, yeah. Since we're probably not going to mention um, mention any well, much more. Maybe not go back to much for these. Then the BBC Micro, which this kind of you know shamelessly going back to our brief microcomputer episode. Uh-huh. Um, they there's some interesting games by a developer called Superior Software, which I just love that name. In yeah, terms of you know that, that's back in the day where developers were like proud of their names, a bit like Ultimate Play the Game, just like these yeah, sort I of powerful title. titles. Um, so that they, that company developed two games, which I wouldn't really say these are Metroidvania, but they certainly were ahead of their time because we're going we're going before Metroid is even released. There's a game called Citadel. And another game called uh, Codename Droid. Um, so I guess people that are in, um, obviously in Europe or over here will probably be familiar with these two games where they do have that kind of, you know, may, platforming maze-like structure where you are a character. And um, in Citadel, for example, you are literally just going around an entire castle, which you have access from the beginning of the game. You just got to find crystals, basically. But the, hmm. the interesting thing about that game is that once you've completed it, once you've got all the crystals, you can actually explore the castle once you've finished everything to try and, I think it says to unlock, to get like the maximum amount of points or something. Mm-hmm. But I thought, yeah, kind of ahead of its time, really, for, but obviously it didn't, from, from the, uh, I do, I think I, I think I did play Sistel back in the day, but I was watching some footage before the um, podcast of it just to get a refresher. I don't remember there being particularly any power ups. Again, like that's what I think to me, that's what really classes something as Metroidvania game is you do get these upgrades and you kind of get all the, you know, you get stronger as you progress through the game. Whereas right. this, um, this one here, this game and, and for that matter, um, codenamed Droid, um, which is a fantastic name, by the way. It's a great, uh, that, you should look name. up the footage of that as well. Um, because it's really, it looks, it looks just great when you shoot enemies, the enemies crumble into these little, pixelated skeletons it's absolutely Hell fantastic yes. <laughs> yeah it, it'll make you want to emulate bbc micro games trust me oh <laughs> so. i can <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah but those are two games i wanted to mention or oh, yeah just the fact that yeah there was um the, i guess you call these kind of like the apart from droid that was after metroid but citadel was before metroid i don't think that inspired metroid at all because obviously i think the developers had probably didn't even know this game existed but it's an interesting sort of you know i'm not gonna admit to it now (laughs) no no hell no (laughs) um but oh battle of olympus that's a that's a great uh example too albert he's just talking about that uh battle of olympus uh very much in the in my opinion in the fact xanadu kind of wizards and warriors world i guess to a certain extent um, I could see it again at that point. We're really splitting hairs. Um, I, I think my best explanation for my thoughts on Metroidvania, and I'm, I promised myself I wouldn't read from this, is I did an article called uh, "What is a Metroidvania? What is a roguelike or Metroidvania?" Or maybe I just called it "What is a roguelike," and then I tackle Metroidvanias in it. But either way, you can look that up. Look up roguelike on 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 the website, and and you'll find it. But uh, and if. Just uh, for, for your interest, if you actually search Metroidvania history, um, Fred's article is the first thing that pops up on Google. No kidding. <laughs> it is, yeah. That's fantastic. I know it got a lot of readership. Uh, that and uh, catching you up with the story of Killzone has had huge amounts of hits thanks to the adoption of uh, 
PS4, as people slowly pick that up and a cheap copy of Killzone, uh, everyone wants to know how to just leap right into it. And it's hilarious because Killzone, uh, whatever, for PS4 does not require you to know, I think it's Shadowfall, does not require you to know really any of, of the plot. It's just shoot the Nazi. I mean, that's really what the game is all about. Well, that's what all the games are about. <laughs> yeah, I know, it's fantastic. <laughs> um, but uh, anyway, um, yeah, so so Castlevania gets some hints of this. Basically, uh, what Castlevania Symphony of the Night is, and by the way, this was released in... Oh, by the way, are you cool if we just jump into it? Yeah, yeah, no, no, go for it. Okay. That's it. Released in 97 um, for the PlayStation. Mm-hmm. Many argued this was the game that proved... Because PlayStation was doing a lot of 3D stuff. Mm-hmm. especially in 95 and 96. And people were like, yeah, but Saturn's doing the fighters so much better. So can PlayStation actually handle a 2D game? And it was really crazy because Symphony of the Night first premiered in um, on PlayStation in 97, uh, March 20th, 1997, to be specific. Um, although that was uh, Japan. It won't come to North America until October 2nd, 97. But it doesn't come out in Japan on the uh, Saturn. Oh, and sorry. And you guys get it November 1st, so like a month later. Uh Which is actually a better release date because that's right after Halloween. So you wake up hungover, you change out of your blue thong, and you go buy Symphony of the Night, right? There's nothing better. Um, Or you go drunk to a midnight release if you could find such a beast. Oh, wow. Can you imagine (laughs) that? Right? (laughs) Um, But uh, but anyway... um, and uh, and it won't be until the following summer that it comes out on Saturn. And uh, it's only in Japan, and the Saturn port is notoriously terrible because it is a port of the, uh, the, the PlayStation game. But it proved that not only can uh, PlayStation handle a Castlevania game – or a, a 2D game very well, um, mm. but it also proved to be the beginning of a genre and probably one of the most important and many people's favorite Castlevania games to date – um, mm-hmm. what's interesting about it is that it didn't really sell very well at the time. No. Uh, it sold overall very well, but it took like two years. Like that Saturn port is just to try to get more, um, sales out of like the pickup like a year later. Um, mm. so that's, that's kind of interesting and it's notoriously rare. And what do we know about rare games? Probably didn't <laughs> sell that well. Um, exactly yeah but it did eventually get a greatest hit so we know it moved at least a hundred thousand units um but that seems really low for that game you know what i mean it didn't even grace grace hits over here at all it didn't um it it, it was released over here but the but it's very very rare and there was only in one print run i believe in terms of it only had the black label copy that's it wow so. okay and you guys had the much better uh cover ours just had like a weird mm. like castle that kind of looked like tecmo's deception almost <laughs> and you guys yeah. got the cool one with you card looking like a fucking british knight because you know they knew how the royal family would like that and stuff like that so yeah queen elizabeth I, i'm going she's probably rocking um uh, out with her golden Wii right now which Jesus, she does that own, woman's actually. going to live forever <laughs> just so everybody knows yeah. that woman is I, she went to high school with jesus and she's still hanging out like that's crazy um, but, uh, anyway, all kidding aside, uh, let's see here. Obviously it got critical acclaim, which means it didn't sell well. Um, I can't find anything with, uh, actual sales numbers. I wonder if Capcom kept a lot of that under wrap because it wasn't widely successful. 
Um, it yeah, obviously, I like the song, yeah. Yeah, it, it garnered it some re-releases, well. but that's about it. Mm. Um, but, uh, obviously it's a really cool game. Uh, Igarashi, who had previously worked as a, uh, level designer on Rondo of Blood, or mm-hmm. Akumajo Dracula X Chino Rondo, um, <laughs> would, uh, <laughs> would, uh, would come back as a writer and, uh, make what I consider to be a fantastic story and a fantastic, um, you know, kind of like, uh, just a, a fantastic overall concept, which basically put, and you tell me what you think, but basically it is, um, the game design of, uh, Dracula 2, or Castlevania 2 Simon's Quest mixed mm. with the castle design with like the side rooms and everything of Rondo yeah. of Blood Definitely. merged together into one game. Which is interesting as well because obviously people hated, um, Simon's Quest. And mm-hmm. the, this was like, this was really kind of the, the ever is, I'm just amazed that they or did go did back they? to that no, kind of formula. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Everyone hated Simon's Quest. <laughs> In fact, I play it now and I still hate Simon's Quest. But if you want to hear something hilarious about the graveyard duck, definitely listen to that previous episode. <laughs> no, no, definitely. <laughs> but anyway, I think it was also compelling because I think for most of us, this was the first uh, run in with Alu card. Now, granted, he was a playable character or a, a Lou card. I call him Alu card because it just pronounces better. Um, yeah, he's Dracula's son. It's Dracula backwards. Um, <laughs> and I, just in case you guys didn't know that, um, you should have seen the Monster Squad by now, though, guys. If not, that's your gaming history homework. Go see the excellent Monster Squad and learn how they come up with Dracula. But. Um, but most people hadn't gotten much experience with him. Maybe you'd gotten far enough in Castlevania 3, but that game was balls hard and came out late. I doubt a lot of people, uh, you know, was used to that. And I, I doubt even less people knew his name was Alucard and actually read the text from the Nintendo game. I sure as hell didn't when Symphony of the Night came out. And uh, believe it or not, when this game came out, I was uh, just wrapping up uh, my second playthrough of Resident Evil playing now on the director's cut and said, fuck this game. It doesn't look nice enough. It looks like an old Super <laughs> Nintendo game, and that's why I didn't buy it. How stupid is that? <laughs> it's interesting you mentioned Resident Evil, Fred, because the, the character at the beginning of the game, uh, Richard, he's voiced by Chris. Uh, it's the same voice actor as Chris Redfield oh, really? in Resident Evil. Richter Belmont yeah. is voiced by... <laughs> that's fantastic. <laughs> I know, yeah. Well, if you listen to it again, you know that beginning scene with um, Dracula. Wait, don't open that door. Yeah. Yeah. So does he come up and he's like, Dracula, stand back. You know, I won't lie. I don't think I've ever played Symphony of the Night with the, with the sound on. <laughs> I oh, really? I feel yeah. so terrible admitting that. But no, I don't think I ever have. Because you do get subtitles as well. Yeah, yeah. Um. Oh, you know what, though? Does he do the intro where he actually reads all the text? Mm-hmm. Okay, that's what you're talking about? For some reason, I thought when Richter walks up and you do, you basically redo an easier version of the final boss battle from uh, Rondo of Blood um, because the platforms fall away in actual Rondo of Blood and they're yeah, instant yeah. death pits and you get knocked backwards. <laughs> Fuck that game. Anyway, um, but, uh, <laughs> and that's my favorite Castlevania game. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, yeah, I, uh, I actually, I did not know that was the same voice actor. That's fantastic. Unfortunately, I don't think he brought the gusto that he brought to that other one. Not they sure should have had Vaughn... Barry do it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love him. Vaughn guy's asking who voice Dracula. I don't know, but I'll try and find out for you. Um, <laughs> we'll see. Who did he say? 
<laughs> yes, and there's lots of that. The chat again is um, um, hilarious as always. Yes. So, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I don't know. So uh, I didn't I didn't touch this game when it first came out. Um, did you have any experience with it when it first hit? I well, for the same reasons, you same exactly the same reasons, Fred. Is because it didn't feel like a next gen game for the time. Really, it felt. Well, it looked kind of last gen, really. In fact, this is a game that really, I think, got people liked it more as it got older, <laughs> as opposed to when it's released. Yeah, and I feel that's still the case now. Fortingard does make points to um, uh, to that there are some weak spots to the design and things like that. Uh, especially, yeah, each hand is a button, um, <laughs> and uh, and uh, I I don't know I. Yeah, the game gets better with age, but you can also see its flaws better with its mm. age. Um, I think it was just because it wasn't much of a performer, and for some reason they never re-released Rondo of Blood. That made no sense to me. And then one day Konami was like, and I keep saying Capcom, I meant Konami. <laughs> um, Konami was like, fine, fuck it, we'll release Rondo of Blood. And it sold so well on the virtual console that they did. Or no, actually, I think Dracula X Chronicles was first on the PSP. But either way, they did these weird, like, off-handed soft launches of rondo of blood and then they just glutted symphony of the night once microsoft was able to land the re-release on xbox 360 Mm. i think it also doesn't hurt that the game was retailing for probably between 50 to 70 used at the time of release on the 360 so that was the other thing was you'd heard this game was pretty good in a great castlevania game especially if you would played the gba games but it was so oh. expensive to go back and get it. So, like, did you notice that? Like, going back retro before it was released last mm. gen? Like, in the 2000s, you were paying an arm and a leg for Symphony of the Night if you wanted to play it. Oh, yeah. Well, even to this day, if you want to actually oh, really? get a hard copy of it. Oh, really? Is the original still expensive? Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's a, I've I never owned it. I, I own um, Symphony of the Night on PSN uh, mm. because I wanted to be able to play it on my PSP, obviously. Or yeah, that's my, why I've got it, yeah. Well, yeah, and then later on, actually, one of our listeners um, had recommended to me that uh, I pick up... Uh, it's Finian. Um, he had recommended to me that I pick up the Dracula X Chronicles, so I did last year. And that's kind of interesting because that version of Rondo of Blood is kind of like a remake. Um, I do yeah. believe it's the original. Yeah, yeah I've got that too. That's not bad. Yeah, yeah. I actually like that version of Rondo of Blood a lot. Um, but, uh, but this isn't about Rondo of Blood. Anyway, um... Patrick Seitz. Who is he? Seitz? Patrick Seitz? Oh, so, uh, I believe he's... He, so anyway, but Patrick Seitz is supposedly the voice actor for um, Dracula in Symphony of the Night. Gotcha. wonder what he did. <laughs> he also did, he did other video game roles as well, including the Eternal Sonata, Mortal Kombat, Castlevania, and Blaze Blue. Oh, okay. Well, then he must be a pro. Yeah, no wonder he was so good. He's used to being a bunch of Japanese characters, so... Yeah. Anyway, um, after my terrible non-Japanese. Um, so, okay. Uh, so, did you, so, when did you finally play Symphony of the Night for the first time? Probably my first experience was Xbox Live Arcade. Um, with my fr- my friend had a, he got an Xbox um, pretty close to launch, and I believe this came out. Was it, was it the same year? I think of, uh, um... it's two thousand and seven. So okay, March two thousand and seven. Yeah. So yeah, I mean it was it was two years in technically. Okay. It was yeah. right, you know, kind of right after um, 
the whole we it was the it was like that that March right after the whole we holiday we and PS3 holiday release you know it was it was going into that mm. so um, I remember yeah I remember playing it uh, my friend my friend had an Xbox 360 I, then I was um and um yeah I played it at his place and it it seemed just perfect that's when the whole the Xbox Live arcade was like this big thing at the time which mm-hmm. is not it's not like big at all anymore <laughs> it's just yes. so um and it was you know it was released it was like an isolated release and it was like the only thing to play on Xbox Live at the time and um yeah really i thought it was brilliant and i just thought and <laughs> i would and then i heard it was a playstation game because i didn't even know this game was released on playstation i thought really so again for the same opinions you kind of you look at it and think that looks kind of like a really really good super nintendo game but... <laughs> yeah yeah this, that's secret of mana style um uh, yeah. and probably it started life as such you know just so we're clear um <laughs> i think memory concerns were the largest part of that they kind of talk about a little bit in the development cycle uh, but, uh, but Igarashi was the one who kind of stepped forward. And even though he was just a writer at, at first, uh, he wanted to use a bunch of, uh, you know, large, um, uh, large scale, you know, full, full model castle and do something that was kind of new. Um, so, um, but, uh, and he also, uh, apparently, uh, the linear Castlevania games offered limited replay value after completion. I completely disagree. Um, mm, yeah, but, I don't agree with that. But maybe <laughs> that's because I started life playing the old NES games. I don't know how I'd feel nowadays. Um, but it does have, it's interesting because, yeah, if you're not used to this style game, and I wasn't, I was turned off by this the same way I was turned off by, uh, Metroid back in the day, was you get to this point where you're like, where am I supposed to go? And you can't figure out where to go, and you can't figure out what you're supposed to do, and if you don't know it's going to be an open world game like that, and it's not really explained to you, uh, especially if you're new to the game. And this is pre-Xbox. This is like when I played it at a friend's house before the PlayStation 2 came out. Or maybe it was just after the PlayStation 2 came out. I can't remember. Um, but yeah, you just get frustrated with it and you shut it off. You know, <laughs> you're yeah. like, what's the rage, point? Rage quit. <laughs> uh, there are also some moments in this game where if you're just having a bad run of it or you save at the wrong point, you just die over and over and over <laughs> and over yep. and over. And you just want to fucking give up. Fuck this game. You know, and you just, you're just done with it. And uh, I, I do think that Symphony of the Night does suffer from that. But nowadays, oh, most yeah. people who are playing it have played it like six fucking billion times so that it's not a problem anymore. Um, kind of like with me playing Resident Evil. It's like I can, you know, kind of do it with a knife and a, and a key because uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm a master of unlocking. Anyway, um, but uh, <laughs> but I did kind of like the RPG elements to it and things like that. And um, I don't know about you if you found the Upside Down Castle, but you beat that game very fast the first time through. You beat it in like oh, yeah. six hours. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just short. It's, well, it's not. It, I think for the time it was quite long. No, um, yeah, I mean Resident Evil's four to six, so yeah, I mean it was probably. it was of the time perfectly fine. But that's not really the whole game, now, is no. it? <laughs> oh no! Oh god! And you get the bad ending, and you're like, "What the fuck was <laughs> yeah. that?" I remember that. Yeah, I was like, "Oh yeah, shit. it was." You're like, and I I got that the first time, um, and I was like, "Okay." <laughs> you know, I remember going back to people and I was like, yeah, I guess I'll play it on Xbox Live, but the, the game's really quick and the ending sucks. And then the achievement list came out and they said get 200.6% of the castle. I was like, 200.6? God, I got like 72. What? <laughs> There's an upside down castle. 
mind blown aneurysm. And that is, in my opinion, where the game really shines is going back through the upside down castle. I really like it. I really dig the design there. And the fact that they literally put all this time and development into something that, especially for the time, probably less than half of people saw was just huge. Yeah. It's, it's, Kind of like it felt kind of like the you know in Zelda with the well, um, which oh god I'm gonna get it wrong the SNES the SNES Zelda um, where you know you discover the, the the alternate reality basically it's just like another whole area just opened up oh, dark world yeah but you didn't become it, a bunny in this one uh, <laughs> no <laughs> but, well you, you you become a dog and a bat that's, <laughs> that's very true you do you do uh, at will as you do. Um, and uh, Albert Heza says the best part of Symphony of the Night was the map feature to see where to go. I will give yeah. it that. How much more uh, playable would Castlevania 2 be when, if you could pause to see the map? Oh, it'd be huge. Oh, it'd mm. be so fucking huge. You still won't know what to do with the graveyard duck, but <laughs> that would be huge. Uh, <laughs> still looking for that graveyard duck. Um, but, uh, but yeah, like, I, I don't know. I, I think... That was what I really liked about it. Um, I also think I can go on record and say this, but we, we can say this about most of these games. Uh, boss designs were absolutely just cool as hell. Yeah, the design of them was fantastic. And also this, I was, would you say it was his hand-drawn sprites in Symphony of the Night? I want to say so, but you know what makes me think otherwise is stuff mm. like the 3D stuff, like the books and yeah. um the, the coffin feature. where you save yeah so i almost wonder if the backgrounds i'm betting pretty heavily that the backgrounds were pre-rendered yeah a lot of the bosses and various things like obviously not the manticore early on or whatever it is <laughs> the bird lion thing that i fought in a styanax that decided to come over to this fucking game um you know i think those were probably 3d effects and then pre-rendered backgrounds much to the same uh style as uh resident evil they seem a little more computer generated and they're manipulative mm. which makes me think of those two things and then i'm betting uh character design and um like alucard and enemy design that's one of your first pre-production kind of things mm. i'm betting dollars to donuts those are hand-drawn from probably a scrapped version of a SNES game, potentially even the reason why we randomly got Rondo of Blood re-released in in America and and Europe as um, Dracula X or Vampire's Kiss, respectively. Mm. Um, which I still think is a terrible port of that game. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I can't explain it. It's just not as catchy. Um, yeah, but, but the the yeah. bosses and even the enemies designed to an extent were pretty cool too. Um, well, and there was a, no lack of them. Like, there was a no, lot of building up of enemies. That's always been kind of the case in a Castlevania game. But there's a lot in Symphony and, and moving forward. Although I felt that moving forward, a lot of them were kind of recycled from this game. Not um, only were they recycled, they are absolutely... <laughs> like, there is no new enemies beyond Symphony of the Night. Like, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> but there are a lot of enemies, and they, they throw back to uh, what they started to do, which is... Um, uh, let's see. What's the next one in the series? I'm trying to remember. Um, it was a hand, it was the handheld one on uh, GBA. What was it? Uh, uh, Cycle of the Moon. Cycle of the Moon. Was it Cycle of the Moon? Uh, there's the well, the GBA. There's three. There's um the Circle Circle of the Moon, Harmony of Sorry, Distance, of the Moon, yeah. or Aria of Sorrow. Oh yeah, it is Circle of the Moon. Is the first one. Son of a mm -hmm. bitch. Um, <laughs> yeah, Circle of the Moon is. Uh, 
you start to see them pull from the entire catalog of the previous like five or six Castlevania games. So that was kind of cool. Yeah. 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 Um, but Vampire's Kiss is a hilarious Nick Cage movie. I didn't <laughs> oh, know that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's new every day. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, yeah. Um, so I I don't know. It was it was it's very cool. But again, yeah, I think it's back in hindsight. And I bet if Metroidvanias didn't take off, we would not be having this discussion today. <laughs> <laughs> not Just at all. Saying, so. Probably not. Um, but anyway. Um. But yeah, Indian Night is what catapulted probably the um, Ania part of Metroidvania. <laughs> yeah, and I'm I'm wondering what uh, um, what kind of led to um, oh, what was the one? Hold on, real quick. What's the Castlevania game Chronicles? It makes me oh, yeah. wonder why they decided to recreate the original Sharp sixty eight thousand version of Castlevania one. And release it as a $20 game in 2001 on the PlayStation as the PlayStation 2 is coming out. It's just yeah. the weirdest, makes no sense release. And we talked about it in the, in the previous one. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I have no idea why they decided to do this game. To this day, Iga hasn't talked about it aside from the fact that he thought it was an awesome idea. <laughs> <laughs> Great. I think lots of things are an awesome idea, but most people aren't bur- busting down the door to make them. Um, can I get a mother three? Uh, but uh, um, there we go. Okay, thank you, Fortingard. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. So, so um, what will what will happen next is a list of abortions. Um, <laughs> not the least of which is Legends, the terrible Game Boy game. Um, oh dear. That's not really a Metroidvania, though, is it? It's just that's the, not. No, of... that's that's a straight up shit game. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's, uh, it, it's it's literally just a third version of this terrible, terrible, terrible um, Castlevania series that plagued the Game Boy. If I can offer you no better advice, it's that you don't even touch the Game Boy outings. Um, I think Alan said he liked Legends. I think I might have it. I'm just having a look now. Really? <laughs> Sorry, I'm just checking. Okay. Well, oh. I'll, I'll get back to you. <laughs> if you do, throw it out the window. Quick. No, I've got Let's adventure. reconcile this problem right away. Oh, you do? Oh, my God. Oh. Okay, the adventure's no better. It says the Castlevania adventure. That's what it it's is called. the Castlevania adventure. It's the adventure into <laughs> breaking your fucking Game Boy. Um... <laughs> And Castlevania Two, uh, Castlevania Adventure Two, Belmont's Revenge, no better, no better. And I'm, and again, Alan, I, I love you, man. I respect you, and I don't want to speak ill of you if you actually didn't care for this game. But I believe you thought Legends was okay, and I cannot agree with you. But you are entitled to your wrong opinion. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm sure he all the love you. in the world. Uh, and then there was these these three D terrible, terrible things that came out. One was this like lawnmower man, you know, demo called Castlevania 64. Um, and then there was Castlevania Legacy of Darkness, which somehow, oh, yeah, yeah is like the blueprint <laughs> of how not to handle these games. Although, I do believe it has like a weird kind of HD remake of the original game as like a, a bonus on there or something. But I think you have to like beat the game or something. It's, it's terrible. Yeah, it's the, f- the first one you have to. 
Oh, I yeah, what was the unlockable? Well, I, I don't think, I, don't, I never finished it, but yeah, there is a a bonus Easter egg, I think, which is why it's probably one of your only reasons to actually finish that game. So. Yeah, yeah, and again, all these games, uh, Igarashi's kind of looking over the entire series, but he's not actively involved in the development of these. Um, although we're, we're going to kind of have that to say about all of these. Um, but the next time that Castlevania comes on the scene, the first time it's worthwhile um, on an actual uh, um, on an actual syst- uh, portable system <laughs> is the Game Boy Advance game Circle of the Moon, so mm-hmm. um, which is fantastic. I guess it's just called Castlevania in the PAL regions. Yeah, it is. It just like, I've got the car of it. It's, it just says Castlevania, so it gets very confusing mm-hmm. when people mm-hmm. say like Circle of the Moon. But the other two, Harmony of Dissonance and Area of Sorrow, did were titled. Um, and there was even a double pack released of those two combined together as well. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if that's the case over there, but um, wait a minute. He said Legacy of Darkness. Okay, I wonder if he's uh, if if Fortingard just didn't hear. Uh, uh, Might as well catch up, maybe. Yeah. So. The the anyway. Um, yeah, we talked about it. Uh, but uh, <clears throat> yeah, so Circle of the Moon came out, and I gotta be honest with you, I don't know. Did you play this right when it came out? Uh, no, no, I didn't. Okay. No, I took, took a while to get this one. So. Yeah, it came out summer of 2001, and this was right about the same time I played Symphony of the Night. Mm. And so, um, and what I remember from it, and what I remember from people telling me, and I was still able to demo games in a GameStop. I think they might have even been called Funko oh, really? Land at the time. <laughs> yeah, you could actually go in and play for a little bit, and I was able to do that. I think Those you had to bring days. your Game Boy Advance into the store. But then you could play on your system. Um, you could play it. So um, otherwise, you had to pray that they had one in stock. You know what I mean? Uh, like a used Game Boy Advance, which they really didn't at this time because the Game Boy Advance was pretty new. Um, <clears throat> and I was pleased to see that it wasn't anywhere near as bad as my experience with the Castlevania Adventures. In fact, it was it was kind of addicting. Um, but I remember the critical reception was, and at this time, I'm an avid EGM reader. Uh, was that it, it just wasn't as, it wasn't as good as Symphony of the Night, but they weren't expecting it to be. But also that it just, it just, uh, it, it, it just got really hard and it wasn't one of the better works. So, mm. um, yeah, uh, they, it, difficulty spikes. <laughs> There's a huge difficulty. I've heard in the it game. ramps heavy, like yeah. <laughs> pretty early in, and I don't know how long this game is because honestly, uh, I've recently picked it up because I picked up all three, and I got mm. the order wrong and played Aria <laughs> yeah. of Sorrow first, then Harmony of Dissonance, and I've never gotten to Circle of the Moon. And a lot of people are telling me I'm going to be in trouble because it's really hard to go back to Circle after I've played, especially Aria on the GBA. So, um, but uh, I don't know. Have you played this game? Uh, which one? Circle of the Moon? Yes. I've, I own Circle of the Moon. Yeah, absolutely. Or, uh, or as it's over here, just called Castlevania. Yeah. Have you played so. Castlevania on the GBA? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I own it. So it's, what are your uh, thoughts? What was interesting, because I, I mean, because I, I, before I played that, I got really heavily into um, Metroid Fusion and um, Metroid Zero Mission, which were also on the GBA, which are two fantastic um, Metroidvania games, which obviously are from the Metroid universe. Um, so I, I played this game on the recommendation that, oh, if you love those games, you should play this. And so, yeah, I picked it up. Um, and I enjoyed it. Yeah, actually, to start with, it seems pretty good. It's, um, and it, it felt very kind of Symphony of Night, but obviously cut down a bit for portable reasons. Um, but yeah, then it just kind of like, 
not too long into the game, it just gets very, very hard and br- I mean brutally hard in sort of the style of the older Castlevania games, mm-hmm. uh, where you know there's there's a section particularly um, where there's just Medusa heads everywhere, <laughs> just oh, like fantastic. oh my god, yeah. <laughs> and of course, it has the typical you know um, Castlevania method where if you get hit by something, you fall backwards slightly. So yep. there's obviously the section where you've got platforms, and it's not it's not so much instant death, but it puts you in a very difficult position and um, just it almost unfortunately fortunately though what it does have going for it is save um save rooms are uh are generous so you know you can continue where you left off but it is very tough especially for from going from those metroid games to doing that and um <laughs> it's not what i expected but i, I did enjoy it though um, i still think it's a good game this um, cere- think- this cerebrus boss battle where he's fighting him and there's like a bunch of places you can fall off just reminds me of the dracula yeah. fight from uh from rondo (laughs) and i just like suddenly (laughs) i have a cold shudder like i don't even understand why it's like a relative just touched my shoulder it's like uh. (laughs) (laughs) you will get flashbacks from many things so um but maybe i should sit down and play with i mean is it beatable have you beaten it I haven't played. No, I have not beaten it yet. Which is weird. I don't know why I haven't. I think it's just one of those sort of things. I broke that... my GBA, going fuck this game, and I haven't touched it since. <laughs> no. Um. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. I, again, I, I'm told if you're gonna start with games it, with these games, this is the one to start at. I don't know. Or do you think it's maybe better that I've seen that it gets better, and 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 this is just a way to imbibe more content. I would almost think that, although people have said otherwise, I would always say it's better to do the other ones first because at least they're they're they're, they're, they're beatable, <laughs> and um and then that way if you'd really really like those, you can go back to the Circle of the Moon and um and then you might be I guess more possibly more familiar with the style that they're going for, right? Um, but. Yeah, I, I don't. I mean, I, don't, I guess I, I wasn't. I'll be honest. I wasn't hugely invested in the story of um, Circle. I know there's this sort of. I, I believe that these Game Boy Advance games are tied into the DS games. I don't know if we're going to get to those tonight, but um, which they all have. Could so, do okay. Yeah, maybe they're all kind of overarching in loosely in terms of. I, I, I'm, I'm sure they'll be correct in the chat, but no. Um, allow me to be a dick, but once you get to the DS, they're all kind of derivative games. Not in a bad way. Yeah. They're all pretty solid. Yeah. But they're all kind of you're getting derivative at that point. I think to a certain extent it hits its apex with Aria of Sorrow, but we'll mm-hmm. debate that in a minute. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't uh anyway, um it sold real well though. I think it sold a yeah. million copies on the GBA. That's pretty damn good. A million copies well, of anything. For considering the rest of the Game Boy Advance library, I think it, it does it does stand out. And it is um it's a it's a solid title. Well, um, especially like I don't know if you guys recall, but Game Boy Advance started life as kind of a Wii U type platform in that without the backlit it wasn't very well liked until the SP redesign. And yeah, it had Advance Wars, but like the Yoshi's Island sequel kind of sucked for it. It was porting a lot of SNES games and making them worse. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mario 2 is so much more terrible when Token Duck. Oh. Anyway, um. <laughs> Puck version is unplayable. Um, but, uh, but anyway, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, uh, again, I, uh, it was it was a cool game at the time. Again, I just didn't much connect with Symphony. And once I heard that it was harder and not as good version of Symphony, I was like, this isn't going to go well. <laughs> I'm out. I'm out. So, um, 
But then Harmony of Dissonance came out a couple of years later. Um, mm. Notably, uh, well, it looks like a year later in September. Yeah, it's just one year. Yeah, like... So right afterwards. <laughs> well, they fit three into one portable cycle. So and the GBA didn't live very long. So, but uh, oh, okay. And uh, Albert Heza says uh, Circle of the Moon. Um, mm. Had a Tarot-based ability system? I thought that was Harmony of Dissonance. Did Circle of the Moon also have the Tarot card-based system? Uh, maybe. I, I definitely remember, remember it from uh, Harmony of Dissonance. But I don't know. Anyway. Here, quick, boot it up. Let us know. No, um, That's what I was going to say. Oh, I actually am. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Okay. <laughs> oh, wait. Actually, I got it right here. Sorry. Igarashi disliked the dual card system introduced in Circle of the Moon and replaced it with the fusion spell system. And that's what I'm thinking of. Where I you do can remember merge that. Spells. You, yeah. yeah. I remember the fusion spell so. uh, thing. And then uh, Albert Heza says Circle of the Moon uh, definitely feels stiffer control-wise. I didn't think of that. Yeah, um, yeah, it does have the tarot card thing. Yeah, I've got it here. Because you say, you know, one of the most foolish things you can say is, I think Castlevania, I think there's nothing wrong with a stiff control scheme. And I say, really? Have you played the original in a while? Because <laughs> uh, yeah. you just, you literally like get to watch your failure. <laughs> in a lot of the original Castlevania game and any of those really stiff Castlevania games, you're just like, oh shit, you know. <laughs> like, if you go back to try to replay Castlevania 3 now, walking up the steps of that cathedral in the beginning, uh, like the clock, not the clock tower, but in the beginning, can be brutal, especially on any D-pad other than the NES. And it still sucks on the NES, too. Um, mm. It's a miracle we ever got through that game. Uh, but anyway, um, so yeah, the next year, uh, Harmony of Dissonance comes out. Now, did you have you played this one? I played it, but I do not own this one. So. Oh, okay. Is this one rare or anything? Oh, uh, yeah, over here it's relatively rare. It's actually easier to get the double pack than it is to get the, the game the by itself. Pack? The double pack features um, both Area of Sorrow and um, Harmony of Dissonance on it. Ah, um, so the, okay. the two, the next two games, basically. Yes, um, which are the stronger ones, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, which, uh, but I'm trying to, um, well, I'm trying to track down a copy of that, but it's, that's still pretty pricey. Um, that, did gotcha. go, that did come out in America, I believe. So... I mean, that's, the that's easy, that's... You know, I might have remembered seeing it. I, and I especially think I remember seeing it because they released it right when the DS came out. And we'll talk about that game soon enough. But the first game after Aria of Sorrow is Dawn of Sorrow on the DS. DS, get it? Uh-huh. Anyway, um, <laughs> and it was, isn't that a direct sequel to Aria? I believe so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so what they did was they were like, well, since this can play Game Boy Advance anyway... Let's release this dual cart. And I think the dual cart was cheap. I think it was like 20 bucks. And so the idea was for conceivably like 50, 55 bucks, you could get both. And you'd have three pretty rock solid Metroidvania games that would all play on your DS. Mm. Um, and at the time, I could totally see that. But uh, now that you're saying that, I, I remember it. But for some reason, I thought it was on the DS. And maybe there were dual carts on the DS as well. I don't know. Um, I don't remember there being dual cards the DS, but okay, then, definitely then that's maybe this is what yeah. I'm thinking of, probably. Uh, but one way or the other, uh, there is uh, Harmony of Dissonance comes out. So, um, now, so you have played this game? I played it, but yeah, I've, I don't know. I've, I've only I've, I've dabbled in it. I guess you call oh, okay. it on our friends' um, Game Boy. So. Well, so you're Belmont in this one. You got mm-hmm. the whip. Um, you look kind of like a chick. <laughs> Where putting it? Yeah. 
<laughs> you look kind of like a chick in this one. Um, and so it's no shock that it sold better in Japan. <laughs> uh, but it definitely kind of harkens back. Uh, Igarashi says it was uh, intended to be much more of a uh, classic uh, return to um, Symphony of the Night and Rondo of Blood style. Uh, it's another kidnapped uh, kidnap story. You're playing Juste or Juste Belmont. Um and the castle is two layers instead of uh, um, instead of like a reverse castle, but it's kind of funny because it's basically two parts of the same castle, like of the same layout. Sorry, it's two parts of the same layouts. They just kind of move some stuff around. So it really it's not even as clever as the uh, flipped castle from Symphony of the Night. So, but uh, anyway. Um, and, and yeah, I think the coolest thing to it was there was a lot of playing around with spells. So you were kind of almost a mage. Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, but, uh, uh, let's see here. I'm trying to remember if there was anything else. Oh, it did have a boss rush mode, but I think you had to beat the game and I did not beat this game. <laughs> Found this game to still be pretty difficult. Um, uh, we're both to shame today of <laughs> not finishing games. <laughs> it also explains one thing in the very beginning of it. And I don't know mm-hmm. if you recall this, because uh, this one takes place in 1748, 50 years after uh, Castlevania three. So that's kind of an interesting placement for it. Because um, mm-hmm. do you know the original story of the original trilogy? Uh, nope. Okay, in the first one, Nothing. Simon Belmont's like, you know, fuck it. Um, <laughs> yep. I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm going to go, uh, you know, uh, kill Dracula, right? And then mm-hmm. in the second one, oh, wait, it's, you know, it, there's a curse that, like, when I die or something, Dracula comes back to life. I haven't defeated him or something, or or he's going to die from it. And so he has to resurrect Dracula to kill him the right way. And then I'm trying to remember, I think three starts with Trevor Belmont and then ends up being Simon. I don't remember how that all plays around. But in the end... Um, he defeats Dracula's curse. I think, no, actually maybe Trevor's the son of Simon Belmont. Maybe that's it anyway. Um, but what ends up happening is there's a character in that called, um, Cypher, uh, Belnades, And she is, uh, she is kind of a, uh, uh, androgynous character in Castlevania three. She's a, she's a sorceress and there's never really, you never really know whether or not it's a guy or a girl. And I, I don't know if we talked about this because it kind of links to this in this game, but I don't know if we talked about this on, um, on, uh, the original episode we did about Castlevania, but you never knew if it's a guy or a girl. And then you come to find out that, uh, Simon Belmont, um, and her have a child, you know, which I think is Trevor. I think that's right. Mm-hmm. I think that's how it works. And so this is, this is, um, Juste is Trevor's son. So there you go. There you go. That's the story. Cause you care. So anyway, <laughs> so I don't know. Again, I, I played it. It was a, it was a pretty good game, but I was never able to get through it. It did not sell well here. Um, so, um, but, uh, uh, but apparently it reviewed very well. Jesus, yeah, it did review very well. Yeah. Um, so there you go. Um, and then retrospectively, uh, the nostalgic glasses crank that up even more. Um, so, uh, the one thing I will note about it was it actually had a really cool soundtrack. And the reason that's significant, especially with like, it has almost like a Rondo of Blood style opening for Vampire Killer, which is the very classic, you know, 
title track of of the Castlevania series. Uh, I do play Vampire Killer in uh, in the music episode. If you've not heard that episode, so feel free to go back and listen I have, to that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, the reason I think that's significant is the Game Boy Advance was, you know, this was this is the way a lot of retro fit people say it. But even back then, we knew, like in 2001, if you had been playing games for a while, everyone's like, "Well, the Game Boy Advance is just kind of like a portable <laughs> SNES," and you're like, "Oh, oh, it totally can't do that <laughs> oh, Sony God. chip," you know, and it doesn't. They didn't. Nothing sounded right. You know, even if you go back now. Yeah play like uh, i hate to say it but final fantasy 6 the game boy advance version i've got is probably my favorite way to play it and it's the version i played for our game club but it just doesn't sound right the opera song and stuff like that like it sounds distorted and 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 um to a certain extent the same can be said for a lot of uh even the ds version of chrono trigger um but it's re- you got to be real nitpicky um so this this i really like the soundtrack of uh, i don't even know if that's that may be a notable thing. I haven't read any reviews, but I'm sure the soundtrack was reviewed positively because some asshole always loves the uh, the soundtracks. But anyway, but uh, but anyway, uh, yeah. So that was that one. So it didn't sell well, um, but I think it was a technically better game. Uh, and I did like the magic merging system, or or what did? Hold on, somebody else put it better. Uh, I think it was Albert. He's a tarot card system. No, the tarot card system was the last game. This one was the magic fusion system or whatever, um, where you could fuse spells. But anyway. Uh, anyway, and so then let's, uh, I guess we'll move on if, if that's cool for you. Yeah, yeah. Aria of so, Sorrow. Yes. Yes, Aria of Sorrow was the last one. And the best one in my opinion. Now, have you played Aria? <laughs> this is the one I haven't played, no. Oh, but I have played the okay. DS, but the, the, the follow-up on the DS, though. Dawn of Sorrow? Mm-hmm. I totally get that. Um, in this one, you play Soma Cruz, who ends up being a long-lost grandfather to Antonio Banderas. It's pretty awesome. Um, no. Um, <laughs> uh, but Aria of Sorrow takes place in modern times, mm-hmm. which I think is kind of interesting. It's in 2035, so some may have even called it the future. Um, but you still are in a dilapidated castle. <laughs> always the castle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's always it's always in a Castlevania. Anyway, um, no, um, uh, but uh, the game was interesting. Uh, Aria, or sorry, um, uh, Soma, uh, feels very much like uh, Alucard did. In fact, I think this is one of the strongest, um, uh, Symphony of the Night clones. If you if you want my opinion, without actually cloning the game, um. Now, see, Fortingard says it's super hype. Um, and mm-hmm. I don't know what NALC is. Is it some backwards thing, like Alucard? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, although Soma does have a pimp coat. Um, she also can pick up, or he can, I forget if it's a guy or a girl now. Um, but they can also pick up a, I'll do the pronoun game, uh, a, a pimp coin as well. Um, but here's my question, Fortingard. Uh, so are you saying that Aria of Sorrow is good or not good? Because I thought it was good. Although Albert Heza says it seemed harder, which is weird. Because I completed Aria. Bad ending, not good ending, though. <laughs> as multiple endings? Yeah, I think so. Uh, there are definitely multiple endings. I'm just trying to remember if there's another mm. castle or something. I definitely got the bad ending, though. So, um, but let's see here. Yeah, because there's a way you can go to 
fight the manifestations of chaos or something. And I never got to any of those things and all that stuff. I got the, the bad ending, but, uh, yeah, I think I died on Julia or I beat it on Julius Belmont, but either way, um, it's, uh, again, it's, it's very much more of the same, but it was just, there's a, there's a new system where you use like souls and you do, um, uh, Mm. you do like weird power effects, um, and, uh, uh, basically you, you basically level up killing enemies so you can kind of like grind almost. And in return, uh, you use those to get some, some pretty strong, uh, weapons and whatnot. Um, and, uh, there's some projectiles and things like that, but for the most part, um, I'm trying to look real quick. Offering a higher difficulty level to other modes, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I don't know. There are a bunch of unlockables, but apparently there aren't multiple endings. So, But I felt like that was a bad ending. Maybe this ending is the ending. I don't know. But, uh, but yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, Aria Sorrow I played through. I don't know. It was fun, but it was it just felt like another version of Symphony of the Night. I don't know. Mm. To me. Well, anyway, a lot of the, a lot of the, <laughs> not sound controversial, but a lot of the um, Game Boy Advance DS ones are kind of like spiritual successes to um um sympathy of the night yeah but this one felt like it just felt exactly yeah this one this one actually felt like it lived up to it i guess is what i would say okay so um i mean we can talk about it for a second although it doesn't really fit in the metroidvania thing do you want to just touch on lament of innocence the ps2 game yeah sure um so have you played this i think you have I think I have. Um, again, this is, would have been um, this would have been like a, a borrowed copy or rented. I mean, the way you um, know that it... you've played this one, Lament of Innocence, you play a Belmont with a whip. Yep. In the other one, God, they all sound like the same fucking game after a while. <laughs> Curse of Darkness, <laughs> yeah. you play as uh, I believe Al Ucard, or you play as Dracula himself. You play as an evil person uh, mm. with uh, more melee, melee style weapons. Um, I remember the whip. Yeah, and, and a lot of people talk some shit on this. I really dug this game. I have it, and I still got to go on record and say I really dug it, even though it is a 3D Castlevania game. It's got a lot of the early versions of what we'll see in uh, in uh, uh, the newest game, the Mercury Steam game. Um, uh, oh, God. <laughs> I know, I know. It's so hard to remember these subtexts. Uh, Lords of Shadow. Lords of Shadow, yes. Um but also it's got the hit point features that came out of Symphony of the Night. And there's something about seeing numbers come out of people. I think Call of Duty has proven that that can be adapted to really any game ever. Um, but it, it, it really held me. And it was just short enough. It was like nine hours. Mm. And uh, I, I found it to be fun. Um, and uh, Lament of Innocence is the uh, first game chronologically um, uh, in the timeline takes place in 1094 yeah 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 um the eternal conflict between the belmont clan and the immortal (laughs) vampire dracula you play as leon belmont but actually having just beaten resident evil 4 and jam you were so right i went into chapter 5 with eight and a half hours in and finished that game in 17 hours played (laughs) jesus christ that is the longest (laughs) chapter in that game that game definitely works like a like a hippopotamus or a pear where the brunt of it's near the ass uh but uh yeah that's uh 
but yeah, it was it was a good game. I liked it. Um, but uh, but yeah, Leon looks a lot like uh, Ashley. Actually, if I'm gonna make a Resident Evil Four joke, um, <laughs> but uh, anyway, he's just an uh, who isn't Al Carter Dracula. He's just an alchemist who's angry at Castlevania for being asked here. Fucking his magic juju. <laughs> anyway. Uh, well, a lot of the characters, though, in these um, Castlevania games, looking in the box are, they look very feminine. <laughs> these male they really characters. do. Well, and, and Fortingard is saying in Legacy of Darkness, you're just some alchemist. So I don't know. Maybe maybe I just was thinking he was pulling from it. But anyway, Lament of Innocence came out, and I thought, <clears throat> how do I put this? It wasn't the Castlevania game we wanted, but it proved that it could be done in 3D. It wasn't fantastic, but those god-awful N64 versions, I really didn't like. And somebody told me that Legacy of Darkness was great, so I went down to my <laughs> local vintage stock, which is our little ma and pa kind of brick and mortar. It's like a local group that does this stuff. And they sell games at really good prices. They're where I pick up, like, Call of Cthulhu on the Xbox in mint condition for 15 bucks. You know, they resurface hmm. all the discs. They do really good stuff. And they wanted fucking 30 bucks for cart only. And I reluctantly plunked it down going, apparently this is going to be great. And the guy made me a deal where he could not get rid of his six copies of Castlevania 64. So he told me if I bought Legacy of Darkness, he'd give me Castlevania 64 for free. <laughs> Played that for about eight to ten minutes and dropped it like a bad habit. Played Legacy and was not keen on it. I got to a 3D clock tower level a little bit into that game and just was like, forget it. Um, this game held my attention. Um, it really did. So, um, so anyway, so let's talk about Dawn of Sorrow and I've been talking a lot. So did you play Dawn of Sorrow when it first came out? Not, not when it first came out. No, this was, uh, you know, God, I can't remember. This might be quite recent actually. Okay. It came um, out in uh, 2005 and you guys actually yeah. got it before us. I know. Yeah. Mind blown. Surprise. Shock. Yeah, right? <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't that much before you though. No, no, it's like no. a couple month, of days. Month. Oh no, God, Jesus, it was a week. But you guys <laughs> yeah. got it on September 30th. That would have been great if you guys got it on October 30th. So again, another bunch of drunk guys going up to the, to the game or whatever you guys have over there. Uh, midnight, midnight anyway. pub launch. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, apparently though, this is just what pop culture has taught me. It's much more socially acceptable to be drunk on the streets after a night at the pub in, uh, England than it is in America. Is that true? Yeah, probably. I'm Does not the so local much... constable turn his head the other direction if you are drunkishly stumbling through, just not attempting to uh, get into your car? <laughs> well, as long as you don't. Uh, oh, I don't know. Well, as long as you're not, if, you, if you, well, if you throw up on the um, pavement these days, you get fined for it. That oh, didn't used to happen. <laughs> so things have changed a bit over here. Local so. ordinance about it, but uh, anyway. Um, all right. Well, yeah. Again, I'll shut up for a second. Why don't you tell me your thoughts on uh, on Donosaro? <laughs> If I, was, I was about to tell a funny story about that law, but then I won't, I won't go into that now. But, uh, you can. Uh, I mean, fuck it. Like, it's our 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the, the day, the day before they introduced that law into the UK with the, um, you get, I think it's it an on the spot fine for, for throwing up in the street. I actually did do that the day before. <laughs> and a policeman did tell me, he says, you're lucky it's today and not tomorrow. <laughs> so it's like, oh. Wait a minute. So you said it's an on the spot fine, meaning they ticket you as you're vomiting. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Hey, stop that. Stop that, sir. Sit up. Yeah. I need to give you a fine. I'm trying. <laughs> Too much. Plus, I hear beer over there is actual beer. Like, you guys. Yeah. A pint at the pub is not what it means over here. 
my, well, my, as long as you go to a pub, not a bar. So okay, if you go to a bar, it's still like water, piss, beer. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, but uh, and the speculation grows as to whether or not you're 14 or 55. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, weren't you a little old slash young to be throwing up on the streets? Uh, but uh, uh yeah, probably. <laughs> but yeah, so does that mean there are certain fines where like like getting caught like shagging in public or something? Like, is that something they mail to your house just out of courtesy? <laughs> Oh, you're hey, gonna you, get fined. I'm gonna let you know, but you can finish. You can finish now. I mean, damage is done. No, no, doing that, doing that in public is totally acceptable. Just you can't throw up now. <laughs> so, and by the way, thank you for not uh, justifiably criticizing my terrible British accent. Oh, no. um, but, uh, it's got kind of like a mix between um, British and Australian. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, because because that's all that Americans know, right? It's the same territory, right? You guys both use pal, so you know, you guys don't yeah. have ranch over there either, don't you? No, uh, but uh, <laughs> plus Australia rarely gets games. <laughs> get That's true too. Much. In fact, if you're a gamer in Australia, best just move. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, what, what were your thoughts on Donosaro? Oh yeah, well, so yeah, Donosaro. We're talking about Castlevania at some point. Donosaro, I thought was pretty solid. Um, it's, I mean, obviously, I'm going to this. I didn't play Area of Sorrow, so this is my. Uh, I think I believe that this was set after the events of Area of Sorrow. Uh, playing as Soma Cruz <laughs> again. Um, so funny. Yeah, no, yeah. Soma Cruz. And if you've seen Soma Cruz, Soma Cruz looks a little bit more like Sailor Moon. Yeah. Well, okay, just, that's, that's stretching it, but. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen the European box. I'm not sure if it's the same as the American one. You've just got the main character with his, like, he's got the hand stance. Yeah. Just well, dude, it. that's his soul shit. Don't make <laughs> no, him whip yeah. it out. Because unless you know how to draw a pentagram on the lower screen, <laughs> I'm sorry to jump ahead, of, but that that hand is pretty not scary. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I don't know. And also, I think it, we didn't really point this out, but this sort of that kind of the the, the um, DS boxes um, of all the Castlevania games kind of went for this kind of anime style um, this oh, time, yeah. which kind of shifted from the kind of I guess you'd say kind of like painting esque kind of front covers of the previous games. Um, which is more like um, Sympathy of the Night, so they match that cover, cover more. Um, wasn't quite sure why I went in that direction, but fair enough, um, as you do. Eh, you know, anime's good with the kids. Uh, I yeah. do think this is perhaps taking that move because uh, the audience had changed from trying to sell the Game Boy Advance games as kind of like an action thing to, mm. I mean, let's face it, the, the DS was a little more kid-friendly. I think the reason why was the hardcore avid Game Boy fans don't care that it's marketed towards kids, and mm. then kids will buy it. Um, I think we should also point out, and I got to look this up with the American box art, but I want to say Dawn of Sorrow was E in America. I know you guys gave it a 12. Uh, it, yeah, it was not, it's definitely not E here. It's 12 plus for Peggy rating. Um,. Well, what are you doing I'll now? Look. Oh. Yeah, maybe it was a teen, but anyway. Uh, but in America, um, it's especially if it's only about violence, um, then uh, then usually kids will, or adults will buy it for their kids. It was rated T for teens, so okay. Mm. Um, but you know, four year olds can go into uh, PG thirteen <laughs> movies in our country, so nobody cares. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
anyway the um so yeah they brought back the well they brought back the soul the the soul system um from Mario Sorrow um into this game i think the distinction um the biggest district because this is ds no longer the game boy advance uh the dual screen was incorporated so which i think was quite good with this game it worked really well you had one screen that you could have like your stats or you could even put the map on it and then the other screen mm-hmm. actually obviously had the the game playing. The only thing I really didn't care for um, is obviously being the DS. It did incorporate the obligatory, a bit like with the Wii, the obligatory gimmick stuff, which was the DS style. What are you talking <laughs> about gimmicks? I, know. I will say right <laughs> off the bat, though, having um, either the map or your stats on the top screen was fantastic. Yeah, that Because was great. it got really complicated in Aria, like a little more complicated than previous games, especially when you're switching through the different souls that you've stolen from certain enemies. Um, cause you almost think of it as like a, a kind of a, an adaptation of the card system. And then, um, and I think possibly in Aria of Sorrow, you actually had to do button combinations like up, up, down or something, mm. but I could be wrong. That may just be me, you know, entering that in, you know, retrofitting it basically to what I remember from Dawn. Um, but you paused the game of Aria a lot and Dawn of Sorrow, you didn't have to pause nearly as often because you just had that readily Isn't available. That? Yeah. Yeah. So. But uh, yeah, here we go. <laughs> so, uh, any any spells you just couldn't do? Because <laughs> there were a couple well, where the Game Boy, uh, the DS was like, nope, f- that's not the symbol that I clearly uh, yeah. saw you emulate. <laughs> well, depending on which DS I use, because um, some of my DSs, I think the the touch screens are kind of like just messed up now so oh, just, no. <laughs> they've lost sensitivity so you can't physically draw on certain sections of the touch screen well, that's it so... don't play the game then yeah exactly um there were and there were times where i would go to use my magic like in a tough boss battle and i'd be like oh shit what is the pattern because you got to see it once and that was it like yeah, you could go back it. and and look at it but not in the heat of the moment <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible oh and i played that game with alcohol too oh it was <laughs> Oh dear! I can't draw it. I just imagine your drawings just like. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty bad by the end there. Um, but uh, anyway, um, but I really liked it. I really dug yeah. it, and it looks a lot better. Uh, it, yeah, it looks beautiful on the on the on, on the on the DS. So. Yeah, like if you look at screenshots, it's not doing it justice. Um, by Arya and Dawn of Sorrow. And just swap mm-hmm. them out in a DS, and it will, it will reveal itself as uh, the value it is, uh, or as the the jump up it is. Um, and that's not saying something bad about Aria of Sorrow. It looks fantastic on a GBA. Like it was really one of the pinnacle graphics of the time. Uh, looked right on par with Symphony, um, but this looked prettier in my opinion. Mm. So uh, obviously the resolution was better. But mm. uh, did you take this one out? Did you win? Did you beat it? No, I haven't beaten this one yet. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, man, this is a case of persistence. I don't think this game was hard at all. No. Uh, no, no, I didn't find it, I didn't find it hard. I think it's like, because like I mentioned earlier, it was frustration with the bloody touchscreen. <laughs> it's just like... Right. Um, well, I think I've got... I did, like I told you in a previous episode, I did buy... I did get a new one recently, so I'll probably use that one instead and try again and go back to it. Gotcha. So. Uh, Fortingard says that um, he beat it 100%, so it wasn't mm-hmm. a thing by, Show by the time I did everything. Yeah, so... <laughs> on any of these games though i gotta give you a thumbs up maybe symphony i'm gonna give you a little less of a thumbs up because there's so many guides because that's like the only one people can do but 100 uh, nothing in that game you need to get 200 and was it 6.5 percent or something 
Well, in uh, Symphony, sure, but in Dawn of Sorrow and Arya <laughs> also, getting 100% is no easy task. Oh, Some no, of that no. stuff is like a wild goose chase because they're dicks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, I think if you had Arya in the GBA slot and booted up Dawn, you got a ring to start with. No shit. Really? Oh. Huh. I need to go and try that. Yeah. I'll, I'll tweet about that while this uh, well, episode is encoding. <laughs> I need to get a copy of that game. So. I have. I have a, both, a copy of both. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I've got all these. Uh, these games are really cheap around here. Um, or at least they were. I'm guessing they still are, though. They're not hard to find, and they're pretty cheap. They all sold pretty well. So. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Well, we're, we're knocking through them. Uh, Curse of Darkness came out. I think it's weaker than the other one, but uh, if you want to play it, uh, I wouldn't hold it against you. Which was Curse of Darkness? Uh, that, that was one? the one I was talking about where you play this Al Ucard wannabe alchemist on the Xbox and PS2. Oh, yeah. Yeah, sorry. That was the 3D yeah, one. It was not kind 3D of one. like <laughs> a, another 3D <laughs> game that was kind of a copy of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's go to Portrait of Ruin. Did you play Ruin. Portrait of Ruin? Which has the yes. the much better title of uh, yes. Akumajo Dracula Gallery of Labyrinth in Japan. <laughs> Fuck Yeah. Um, and this one's significant because Koji uh, Igarashi came back and wrote this mm-hmm. one. So it also looks gorgeous. It's like a co-op as well, which didn't happen. Oh, yeah. that's right. I mm. totally forgot about that. <laughs> so, so, yeah. Yeah, I really like this game a lot. In fact, I think I prefer this to, um, well, to the, the first um, DS game. Um, just because of it, it was just, again, it, it felt for me, cause like, because there was no previous story, you could, you could kind of treat this as kind of a standalone. Well, there was a previous story though. Yeah, yeah. It's a sequel. <laughs> you know what the, se- it's a sequel of a game. I know. Oh, okay. okay. Continuation of Bloodlines. Yeah. So, yeah, that game you guys hate in your country. I, I love, the new beginning. uh, Cosmere Blood. Wasn't that what it was the, called? The, in... the new, no, it's the new generation. The new generation. Like Star, Trek, Star Trek episode. Star and as a history buff, I do love that it takes place in World War II. So. Yeah, that's what that's what that's one of the things I like about it. So. Yeah, the the aesthetics and the level design are gorgeous. I really think they're they're pretty awesome. So, um, but uh, uh, yeah, and uh, I don't know. It, I I mean, it was cool. I liked the new settings. Actually, I got to take back what I said before about everyone everyone using kind of derivative enemies. Uh, the bosses were very unique in this game. Mm. Um, it kind of had this kind of. There's more of the kind of questing in this game as well. You're given more like kind of side missions. Um, yes. It's very true. There's uh, there's some very um, old school like London style enemies and levels. And there's obviously the Egyptian levels. Um, mm-hmm. Those are the most notable. All of a sudden you're like, holy shit, I'm in Mario 2. Um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, but yeah, I thought that was cool. And there is obviously, like you said, the co the co op mechanic. It really does yeah. change things up quite a bit. Which you can um, do with one one player as well, where you can switch between characters. That's what I mean. But, yeah, I played it yeah. as a one player. So yeah, me too. Yeah, but uh, apparently you could use it with Wi Fi. Yeah, Did you yeah. need two carts. I believe so. Yeah, you someone okay. who, someone else is playing. I was going to yeah, say, yeah. my wife and I each have DSs. Can I grab oh, her pink one and turn it on and just uh, see if we can play? Because she wanted to play a co-op game after this, and I don't like playing co-op games with her. Um, <laughs> it's did. not because – no, she won't play anything 3D. That kind of limits my <laughs> options. <laughs> I don't want to play Zombies Ate My Neighbor again. Um, but uh, anyway, uh, 
So yeah, it was, uh, but it was, it was a very cool game. Um, I thought like you had said, um, again, Iga comes in and kind of furthers the series. It's mm-hmm. more complex. We go back to a new timeline. Um, the co-op mechanic was new. A lot of it felt fresh. It was mm-hmm. still the same old, same old, but again, I think, and you tell me and we'll, we'll wrap this up in a second, but, uh, I think that's the thing with Metroidvania. The concept doesn't get old to me. I don't know why. No, 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 I'd agree. Yeah. But, uh, and also I wanted to point this out. Apparently there was a super awesome, um, (laughs) but, uh, bundle celebrating Castlevania's anniversary that came out. Oh, there it is. Hold on. Let's see. You could buy Portrait of Ruins, uh, uh, if you pre-ordered it. Mm. Yeah, I heard about this. It's like some. Oh, uh, it was out here. Oh man, yeah, do you know America. how much money I'm gonna have to spend to get my hands on it? <laughs> God damn it! It's a pre-order bonus, I believe. In like, yeah, um... but now to like buy it <laughs> from somebody, uh, the 48-page art book is what I'm really interested in, and also, yeah. oh, not a soundtrack CD. I have all of the soundtracks individually from Japan. I don't need oh, it. And I don't need a timeline poster because nobody cares about the timeline poster. Oh, you don't want to put that in your office? <laughs> I mean, I will, <laughs> but... Uh... Oh, not the extendable stylus! Oh, sold. Uh, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't remember this. There wasn't really much use of touchscreens in this game. Um, no, pop- no, no. They very intelligently removed it. Yeah. Couldn't you even flip it to the top screen? Yeah, I believe you could. Yeah, I you think could change you your... could flip the uh, yeah the action to the top screen. Well, they learned their lesson from that one. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, um, apparently, this did have much more of an homage, according to Igarashi, to Castlevania Three: Dracula's Curse. I can kind of see that because Castlevania Three is a non-linear game. Uh, you won't see every level playing through that. It's kind of like D- Darius, you know. Mm. Um, have you ever played Castlevania Three, the original NES game? Yeah, yep. I mean, based on yep. your path, you're only seeing certain games. So, mm-hmm. anyway, um, all right. Well, uh, Order of the Shadows came out on mobile games. I never touched that. <laughs> no, and Dracula X Chronicles is just that Rondo of Blood thing, and we actually discussed the Rondo of Blood remake on the last mm-hmm. episode. So, mm-hmm. I think without further ado, we should wrap this up with Order of Ecclesia. This one I have, I've never played. <laughs> I haven't played it either. Oops. Oh, okay, <laughs> fantastic. So we'll speed through this. Great. It stinks. No. Um. <laughs> it's, it's actually really hard to get over here. Uh, it's very expensive. Um, really? So maybe I should play it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I would uh, I would li- literally mail it to you if, if the DS wasn't region locked. Mm. Um, <laughs> what do you think the chances are if I mailed you my DS that it wouldn't get harmed in transit? <laughs> Uh, I'll probably get seized by customs or something. So. I, I knew it. I have to pay like $400 in taxes just to bring it into the country. Yeah. Oh, wait. If I check gift, I think I'm okay. Uh, but anyway. Um, but, uh, and I think the most significant part is this was yet again handled by uh, Igarashi. Mm-hmm. Um, the interesting part about it, and I always remember this because on an episode of either Retronauts or One Up Yours, do you guys know who uh, um, Shane Bettenhausen is? Uh, no. Okay. Well, and he's mentioned in um, – I thought I was going to be able to bring something new to the table with this, but obviously I'm not because some asshole mentioned it uh, 
on Wikipedia. But um, they're talking about his review of it. He mentioned it on either a one-up yours or a retro knots. He, he used to have stuff called Secret Best. So whenever I mention Secret Best, it's it, it, that's what I'm talking about. He called Overblood the Secret Best survival horror game on the PlayStation. Oh, so really? that kind of allows you to <laughs> understand what that is. Um, and apparently everybody says – Fortingard says he doesn't love it. Uh, uh, Albert Heza says it was good. So I'm – you know, it seems like it's pretty split, but Fortingard even says it's interesting. So – so again, it, you know, it can be it, it can be attributed. Maybe I, I'll play through it um, at some point and do like a write up on it, not a review, but a write up. Wow, what's going on over there? Uh, <laughs> Sorry, I was just firing up a trailer for some reason. You're good. You're good. <laughs> um, but uh, Shane Bettenhausen called it the secret best Castlevania uh, Symphony of the Night game, um, and he calls. I remember he called it. He was like. Imagine if, like, all the things you knew... Ugh, that's a bad Shane Bettenhausen, because I'm making him sound like a California guy, and he's not really. But anyway, he's like... Well, he is a California guy, but he's not like a surfer dude. But he was just like, imagine if you took um, Simon's Quest, and you made it, like, Castlevania 2, and you made it after Symphony of the Night came out. So you learned everything from Symphony of the Night first. Hmm. So I think that's pretty interesting. And uh, it picks up right after. It's a direct sequel to Symphony of the Night. So there you go. Uh, really? Yeah. So uh, that's an interesting one, and I should probably play it, especially now that I know it's rare. I don't know, but I don't think it's rare over in America. It's, oh, um, okay. it's just rare over here. <laughs> so. Well, we got it first. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I also love the screenshot they give in the in the Wikipedia. You want to talk about a lazy guy? It just says a boss fight, and it shows <laughs> it shows the girl stabbing someone. Anyway, all right, uh, and now everybody remembers uh, Secret Best. So love you, Shane Bettenhausen. You're doing great work at Sony. Um, but uh, anyway, we should wrap this up. So long and skinny of it. Uh, those are the Castlevania games. But in short, I mean, this really gave way to an entire genre that's living very strongly nowadays. You know. Um, you know, Shadow Complex probably being the most notable of the... I know you want to watch that trailer. Just give me a minute. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, being the most notable of, you know, the more recent Metroidvanias made by Chair slash Epic. Um, and then obviously probably the most known one. And I found this kind of annoying that this was recently said, but was Guacamelee. Oh, yeah. Recently on um, an episode of... Uh, of uh, Garnet on Games, somebody was like, "Imagine if Guacamelee developers made a Metroid game," and I was like, <laughs> "Oh dear, are, are you fucking with me?" <laughs> it had a Chozo statue in it. Jesus Christ! Yeah, anyway. they couldn't have made it more blatant. That yeah, game. that's a Metroid game. Anyway, um, but I do think that uh, I, I do think that. It's a genre that caught some – it's kind of weird, right? It, it was not very popular when it first hit. Then it caught some draw on portable games. and was kind of like an underground thing. Like there were the people who played these games and the people who didn't. And I only recently got into Metroidvanias and thus started playing these games. And it started with replaying Symphony of the Night and then really liking Shadow Complex. Um, ah, I guess there's no VGO tonight. But we are still going to wrap up. Um, uh, but interestingly so – yeah. What? I was about to say, what, what, what are we going to talk about? Um, we're going to talk about the Laws of Shadow I mean, I can shit all over Harmony of Despair on XBLA if you really want me to, but I thought that oh, game God. was terrible. Um, I don't think that's really a Metroidvania game, though. <laughs> well, no, but it's, uh, it's, uh, it's a Castlevania game. Yeah, I think it is. Uh, okay. Harmony of Despair? Are you thinking of the one that I'm thinking of? 
the four yeah, 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 I know what you mean. It's the multiplayer one. <laughs> Jesus, that game is terrible. It sucks. Uh, but anyway. so. um, apparently, Encore of the Night actually was a puzzle game. Fantastic. Uh, On my phone, but, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, uh, you know, I will say, you know, it's it's influential. And I think it's cool mm-hmm. to see the roots where these came from. And these games are great. And you can pretty much get some of them pretty cheap and enjoy them. Um, but I don't think I can play them in rapid succession, even with one another. Like, I can't play a Castlevania game back-to-back with, like, a Metroidvania-style game back-to-back with a Metroid game or some of these clones. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? No, you can I need to take a recess whenever you play one of these. Yeah, and, like, uh... I play, like, one a year. Mm-hmm. Like, I actually, I remember for last Memorial Day, uh, I beat um, uh, Dawn of Sorrow for the first time um, with my dad in the room, or my father-in-law in the room, drunk off of Sam Adams, going, God damn it, to, like, everything that was going on in a sports game. And I just remember thinking that was hilarious because Autumn didn't talk yet, so we didn't care that he swore. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, um, again, I think... I think they're great games. I think they're cool. Um, but I do think they're like, you know, you got to take them in stride. I don't think you can do them back to back. And I did play Guacamelee this year. So I'll finish that this year. Yeah. 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 I think everybody pretty much played it this year, right? Mm. Cause it was like, and they're also releasing that super duper ultra edition at some point. So. Yeah. The Capcom edition. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> as I call it. Um, but, uh, yeah. And, and other people are talking about, wait, hold on a second. Does it say Toasty Frog? It does say Toasty Frog. Yeah. Okay, this this gives credit to Toasty Frog. Toasty Frog is the original name of Jeremy Parrish. Um, and uh, actually, the aforementioned Shane Bettenhausen first called him T-Frog as a nickname in the 1UP Studios. And uh, Jeremy Parrish uh, aggressively has exclaimed that... Uh, Nobody's allowed to call him T Frog except for Shane Bettenhausen, and only a handful of people are allowed to call him Toasty Frog. So there you go. Mm-hmm. But uh, anyway, um, just giving credit to this VG Museum episode you found. Um, so, uh, but uh, but anyway, um, yeah, like I said, uh, they're cool games. It's cool to see the roots. Uh, Tiger Claw says, "Do we yeah. ever want to do Godzilla games in an episode?" God, <laughs> I'd rather do. Uh, oh man, you know what I could play. Oh, maybe I should play that. Okay, I think I've got my double duty for the week, okay? (laughs) I'm going to play um, Zillion, right? Zillion was the game that I haven't played. I'm going to play Zillion on the Master System, and I've got the Gamera PS1 game from Japan. Oh, really? And I've never (laughs) played it, and I think it's an FMV (laughs) game, which means it's in so much trouble. Uh, But uh, apparently there's a PS2 uh, only, Japan only fighter, so... Hmm. Probably. So, um, there's, a lot, anyway. there's a lot of Godzilla games. Most of them aren't good. <laughs> so, yeah, right. All right. Well, I have to put my baby to bed, so I think we're going to wrap it up. But uh, you can find me at Spiders Venom, S-P-Y-D-E-R-S-V-E-N-O-M. You can find Jam at at Jam Elias. You can find our writings at GamingHistory101.com, as well as Jam over at RetroGameGeeks.co.uk. Am I correct? Mm-hmm. That's okay. right. Fantastic. I just posted a review of mine today, which is pretty cool. <laughs> Excellent. And if you want to hear me talk about new games, go to pixelatedpints.com for the podcast, or you can go to youtube.com forward slash pixelatedpints for the video thing. You can see my ugly ass face talk for a long time while drinking beer. Anyway, without further ado, Thanks, thank Dave. you. <laughs> thank you, all games. <laughs> thank you, Fortingard. Thank you, Albertiza. Thank you, TC. Thank you, Derek. Thank you, Chatters. Thank you, everybody out there listening. And peace out. Take care. Bye.